The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Beyond! Beyond. Beyond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 233. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the PlayStation powerhouse, Ryan Clements. Hello, sir. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey. You looking good today. Yeah. He only does oh. everything, Colin Moriarty. Uh... And a big fat empty chair because no one's here. Oh, Andy Burt was here earlier. Yeah. Formerly of Game Pro. Pro yeah, I jumped yeah. early on that one. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go any further in this mm-hmm. show, huge show by the way. We got two tester send offs here and two separate interviews. Yes. One is excellent, but yes. I won't ruin it because some people were yelling at me not to say ahead of time who gets voted off who. So I'll try not to. Okay. There you However, go. the biggest news of the week. Do you know what it is? Ryan Clements, so big it's not even in the Roper Report. Uh, is it? Is it the thing that I Colin asked me if we, if we should uh, talk about it on podcast nope. beyond? No. I wouldn't give a shit about that. All right. Yeah. Right? I would give two fucks. Hot five, punkhead. Yeah. Well, I would give that you can finally, legally, anywhere in the world, buy the oh. Podcast Beyond shirt and have the proceeds go to IGN.com, not to Cafe Press, whatever. You can get it at a and reasonable, cheaper, a reasonable price. It's great. And the shirts are better. Yes. Go to go.IGN.com slash IGN store. Go.IGN.com slash IGN store. You can buy the Podcast Beyond shirt. I've been told... By the time th- today ends, the day that we're recording the podcast on Thursday, right, Thursday, that th- a woman's version of the podcast beyond t-shirt will be up as well. Because most we're excellent, a lot, of, a lot of tweets about that one. Most excellent. I'll let you know right now. It is the most popular shirt on the IGN store. Shocking. I know. Big surprise there. But somebody, I keep getting tweets from dumb kids saying, "Oh man, I'd love to, but it's not NVC. So sorry, sucker." And it's no, as Colin often says when he's talking about the failing economy, a rising tide. Lifts all ships. Yes. If you notice, I hate we're that the, saying. We but, are the yeah. only podcast represented there. We are the only uh, fan-created brand on there, seeing as uh, how you made that logo. Don't worry. He got compensated when we bought it from him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm just saying, if you want to support us and not a bunch of goofy little IGN shirts they made up, keep keep on buying that. Uh, more products coming to that IGN store, too, as the weeks roll by. Including so. a Greg Miller bust for your mantle. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I, I would be we'll very happy purchase. with that. I am leaning hard for a Beyond... Uh, not like track jacket zippy that'd be awesome hoodie. not not no hood i guess i'd buy but that the zip thing i'd, buy I'd it probably too. get it for free actually i kind of would want it in hoodie form i love uh, hoodies i'm sick of hoodies i have so many hoodies yeah i do too that tester jacket i have really like it. that yeah. i only wear around the house because yeah. i'm embarrassed to wear it outside yeah, yeah, yeah. aside from the giant tester logo on the back nice nice zippy it's a nice if it just yeah. had the playstation logo like yeah, it does in the front i think that would be great yeah okay like hot. it's like a jeff rubenstein joint yeah his wife made that too yeah. after some minis she's stitching shit up she's 
She's using Ruben the other pedals. Rubenstein. Rubenstein. We've only Frank- known him for 12 years. <laughs> Frankenstein. Like I said, huge show. Two interviews. Uh, lots of news, if I remember correctly, from a conversation I had with Colin Moriarty. So let's get right to it with mm. what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Hey, we're uh, all back together, too. Yeah. Hey, the band's back together. Hey. Hey. Uh, so there are 13 items on the Roper Report this week. Uh, the biggest news we will save, and I think you know what it is, but we'll save it for... So this is everything else that has nothing to do with what you know I'm talking about, but I'm not yes. going to say. Yeah. Uh, number one, Dragon's Crown, the upcoming PS3 and Vita game. Actually, before I even begin, I'm sorry, Greg. I like it. No, you can touch me. I like it. Uh, mm. Before, I, well, you know, it, it's funny because I watch like a lot of Fox News or MSNBC and yeah. like when people are talking in the, in the panel, so it's so always hilarious because you, yeah. but when they're talking and they want to interrupt someone, yeah. they always go, they always grab the person's hand. I'll say this right now. Like Colin this. Moriarty's hands are way warmer than I thought they'd be. <laughs> I'm a warm kind of guy. All right. Yeah. 98.6. Uh, 90 degrees getting back together. You know, that means you have a cold fucking heart, though. I know. No no shit. Uh, But I want to... Let's play... It's been a while, and I say we play a game of... uh, I guarantee it or I doubt it. Okay, for new listeners Podcast Beyond who have been tricked into coming here. Uh, I guarantee or I doubt it, of course, comes down to the legendary men's warehouse commercial. I guarantee it. Yeah. And that means that this is a new story that was worthy of the Roper Report. And then... I doubt it! Of course... From our perennial favorite, Bob's Discount Furniture, <laughs> on the East Coast that no one has known about it. I guess they're back, though. I saw a tweet. Right? So, so someone tweeted at me that there was a radio ad for Bob's Discount Furniture. Because on TV, they don't do I Doubt It anymore. But there was a radio ad, and he's like, they did it. They did I Doubt It on the fucking radio ad. By the way, all right, I, I, I talked about this too, Greg, real quick. I'm going to put out a bounty. Yes. Okay? A bounty. Yes. I will pay $100. No way. To the person that can get a recording of the radio ad, and I will give you Two hundred dollars. Shit. No if way. You can Is get, this real? Yeah. If you can get the TV spot with him saying, "I doubt it." Like, I doubt it. Like, really, like the intonation. If yeah. you can find the radio ad that him, him saying, "I doubt it," I'll give you a hundred dollars. You find the, if you find the TV ad, I'll give you two hundred dollars. Cool. Remember, send if, these. If, send your findings to beyond at ign.com. Beyond at ign.com. Also, if, also only one. The first person that exactly, makes it wins. Exactly, no exactly. one. I'm not going to give thousands of dollars away to everyone. If one person finds both, do they get three hundred? No. Okay. So I pick or choose. I want obviously because I'm paying more. I want the TV spot. Right. But the first time we get either the radio spot or the TV spot, it, the contest is over. Is over. Oh, okay. so you're, you're only accepting one too. So if. I just hypothetically, need, yeah. I found the radio ad. Clements found the TV ad. I got in first. You pay me and say sorry to Clements. Yeah, exactly, gotcha. exactly. Got and yeah. it's really just so we can kind of clip that out, and so people can. Because I was talking to Greg about it. People only real, except for people on the East Coast that know the commercial that listen to the show. But you really only know it because of the way I say it, but you don't actually know the source material, yeah, and that's kind material. of becoming important to me. All right. You so want, you want it for again? History. One hundred dollars for the radio spot. Two hundred dollars <sighs> out of Colin Moriarty's personal account. <laughs> personal account. If for the TV spot. I like this show. It's $200. I already like this show. And it's, we haven't even done anything yet. Yeah, I know. This is a good show. Let's just hang out, guys. No, now you're Let's just live. off the rails. I think it was already pretty off the rails already. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Number one. Dragon's Crown, the upcoming PS3 and Vita game from VanillaWare, the guys that made Miramasa, Odin Spear, etc., appear to have been canceled. Amazon refunded all pre-orders and took the game off its site, and the game is nowhere to be found on GameStop either. However, some clarity has been brought to the situation by one of the game's illustrators in Japan, who assured everyone via Twitter that the game is still in production. However, this doesn't solve what seems to be the greater problem. Who will publish it? Ignition or some other company? Because it seems like the game's been shifting around, is being shifted around. Maybe it's going to be a digital game, and that's why it's removed from Amazon. Who knows? I guarantee it. That's a big one. Yeah. I I mean, like, we've been talking, you and I, we've been kicking around the Vitas. 
I really want something to play. I really want something to get into. You know what I mean? And Gravity Day is still quite a ways away. Yeah. This guy is still a month away. Yeah. A few weeks now, actually. Yeah. But I'm ready to get something really good on there and that I can sink a lot of time into to get going. And this is one of those games when you hear about it, like, oh, man, well, Odin Sphere was so good. I could really do this. And now we're scared. Mm. What happens? Yeah. You, you brought up Six Days in Fallujah. Yeah. Because I was like, it's uncanceled. And you're like, what? And then I was like, and you're like, oh, well, you know. Just because it's still being worked on doesn't mean much. I was like, oh, yeah, it needs a publisher. Good point. The good thing point. is that it's been nowhere and it will find a publisher. Six Days in Fallujah wasn't published, not because it wasn't a good game, but because of the controversial. Controversial. Uh, you know, because everyone is scared of fiction that might tell a real story. So, um, Number two, Journey, that game company's new PSN title, is officially the fastest selling PSN game of all time surpassing infamous festival of blood which held the title as of last year nice. uh quote journey has officially broken playstation network and playstation uh store sales records uh end quote sony notes on the playstation blog continuing the quote surpassing all first and third party games to become the fastest selling ever released in the scea region on the playstation so this network. Is in the united states yeah so okay. it's in north america this one i would have i was almost going to go i doubt it but i guarantee it on this okay. one it's more interesting because we talk about how nobody really buys playstation network games outside of you and me and so it's interesting to see people tweeting about a game that's exclusive to the PlayStation, buying a game that's only available through the store, and then getting behind a product that is something special. And even though it's not on Xbox Live, it's not on, it's not easily accessible. This is from the same people, remember, who when the store went down and, oh, maybe your credit card got lost, people were like, well, I'm never buying again. That's really exciting. That's really interesting. It shows that people will come. And also, you know, they're going to a small, you know, that game company, not a huge studio. It's nice to see them all coming out and supporting them. Yeah, and I hope, and and, and I, I know Clemens probably feels the same way, maybe, that I hope that Sony wraps them up. Um, because I think that they're one of the most important, obviously, clearly, the mo- really the, the most important driver of the PlayStation Network now. All their games are critically acclaimed. Uh, I, they're I'll, artsy. I don't know. Here's the thing. Yeah, it would be good for Sony if they if they get them under their wing. I don't know if it would be good for that game company, though. And I don't think they're going to do it, to be honest. Yeah. Do you think that's why Kelly Santiago left? It's funny you say that. Mm-hmm. Number three, on a more somber journey-related note, that game company's co-founder, Kelly Santiago, has officially left the company. Her leaving is said to be amicable. Speaking to Gamma Sutra, Santiago said this, quote, So much of my work at that game company was really supporting Genova Chen's visions for the types of games he wanted to make. And I felt that like I have done everything I needed to do here and that he's in a great place now to go on and continue with some of the other people that, at that game company to take, the, to take it to a whole new height. Um, end quote. As a PlayStation exclusive. This is this actually like kind of, you know, maybe it's just because I have a, a deep attachment to their games, but this story kind of hit me hard. I mean, first of all, Genova and Kelly are both like really nice people. And I've had a, a great opportunity to, to talk with both of them. But I don't know. It's like they, they graduated. They were like the first graduates of this uh, program at I forgot which California university it was. But it was um, UCLA. Was I don't it? think it was. I thought it was just Cal. Uh, it might just be Cal. I was just I naming know. a California yeah, university. Uh, I'll anyway, Google. I'll, they were, I'll wiki. All right. Thank you. They were, um, they were the first graduates together. They were like sort of in the same track. They started this studio together as friends. And, and it's just really... It's like almost sad to me to see like her go, you know. I'm sure it's a very emotional, you know, time for that that team. And as you guys know, the team that made Journey was I think only about 12 people according to Genova. So I mean, that's a small team. They really got to stick close together. So it's definitely a, a somber as you said, a somber note. I, mean, I believe oh, it was sorry. the Beatles who said every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end in their in their in their song closing time. So I don't think you should be that sad about it. <laughs> it look, at us. look at look at all of us, right? We all started around the same time in IGM. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to grow. Yeah. Cool. We, we, we won't the same all be day. on podcast beyond yeah. forever. Yeah. Uh, but I read something into this and I don't know if maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but give me your thoughts on this guys. Let's do it. She says so much of my work at that game company was really supporting Genova Chen's visions for the types of games he wanted to make. 
What about it? That that seems like she's saying that she wants to make her own games. Yeah. And that exactly. that's not going to happen there. Well, yeah, because they're such a small team. They're going to make one thing, and Genova obviously is the money maker. He's the one he rolls up in the limos. He's the one who takes care of all. I don't know. Just, that's just an interesting thing. That, that's I mean, don't you understand quote. it, right? I mean, oh, it's, for like, sure, but it's that's just one of those things quote. where he's always the face of it, and it is always, and he is the one driving the vision of that game company. And so, you know, now she wants to go do her own thing and yeah. break out and do it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Chicago listeners will remember that, you know, there's this, the best restaurant in Chicago is Portillo's. And Dick Portillo started it in 1963, and it, it made it into this billion-dollar franchise. I'm not making that part up. And his son wanted to break, break out on his own, so he went and made Michael's Almost Famous hot dogs. And he did that for a while, and then his dad sued him, and then he came back and worked at Portillo's. Really? His yeah. dad sued him? Oh, yeah. Jesus don't, Christ. Don't fuck around in Chicago. Do they send – the, the, does that Almost Famous brand – send boxes no, across the country. That, that thing went kaboos right real quick. Okay. That's too did bad. you have it? Why did the father no, why, why? sue his son? Because he was terrible. stealing, because like Dick Portillo has a very special blend for his hot dogs he, in very specific trade secrets. I once tried to film in a Portillo's and was immediately stopped. Like they, he has a very specific way of doing it. So when his son left and just started doing the same thing, okay. that's a problem. I see. Interesting. Mm, it's called though. University. Oh, he went to USC. So go. we were all wrong. We were all wrong USC. with these California universities. Both him and the uh, Trojans. Both him and Kelly. Then that's where Mark Sanchez, quarterback, New York Jets went. Cool. Uh, you mean? Uh, I'm sorry, Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow went to Florida, and is now the quarterback of the New York Jets. Number four. That's a good show. A new PlayStation Network title has been revealed. Doc Clock, the Toasted Sandwich of Time, a puzzle game originally released on Steam and WiiWare, will be coming to the PSN, quote, soon, by the way, of Stickman Studios. It will have PSN-only exclusives and will support PlayStation Move, but little else is known about the game at the current time. Now, before you say I doubt it. I want to say that what's interesting about this is not that we're getting a new PSN game. Okay, it's great. I was kind of looking into the game a little bit because I never heard of it before. Yeah. The game has gotten some abysmal scores. So I'm actually <laughs> interested to see what the hell this game's all about. We're talking about like 2 out of 10 in some places on WiiWare. You just wasted... It's in I Doubt It big time. Yeah. Wasted everybody's time for a minute Sorry. and a half. Could have been talking about hot dog blends. Number f- number five, if you're still playing Little Big Planet 2, you'll be happy to know that a Journey costume and sticker pack is coming to the game in April. The, content of the, st- the contents of the sticker pack are unknown, though the costume will put Sackboy in an adorable traveler garb. And there's a picture of it on IGN.com. You should go that. to IGN.com sometime, folks. Also go to the store, go.IGN.com slash IGN store and buy your Beyond shirt. What is that one? Huh? What is this? I doubt it or I guarantee it. I'm, I'm feeling generous. I'll give it an I guarantee okay. you. Why not? It's whatever. <laughs> you were feeling generous two minutes ago, were you? No. Num- number six, and this straight this straight pisses me off, by the way, Ryan Clements. If you suck in Battlefield 3, you can buy paid unlocks to make you better. Players can now purchase shortcuts, quote, quote, unquote, shortcuts, that give them an edge in the game, unlocking unique items, vehicles, upgrades, classes, and more. You can also rent servers for the game that allow you to control all of the game's options to your heart cont- heart's content. The latter, oh, by the way. Do you- I guarantee it. Okay. The latter is, is uh, the latter is fine. The, the former is a trend that's beginning in this industry. Yeah, you, that you is weren't happy. When I, was re- when I was reviewing Gotham City Imposters, mm, you were getting really right. pissed off because you could buy the double XP, you could buy all this stuff and get going. And remember, we had this discussion with Tales of Graces. Exactly. You can yeah. just go and buy fucking levels, levels. for your character. That's un- unheard of un uh, i was about to say unridiculous which is it's unridiculous no, it's, it's so ridiculous so it's, so it's, ridiculous, ridiculous. It's, it's folding back on itself and becoming <laughs> it's like a dying star <laughs> it's uh it's really upsetting and i'm glad that there are companies out there sorry to bring up pc stuff but like diablo and like guild wars diablo. where uh in guild wars you there's totally premium content it has nothing to do with you know creating like a better character or getting an edge it's all like aesthetic and it's all like you know shit that you can it's just smart and eve online does that too they they allow you to spend real money to actually they they allow you to spend real money to buy subscription time 
which you can then like sell for in, within game currency to other players. So you're basically it's like a micro economy in that you're actually selling pers- uh, subscription time to other people um, and generating in game currency through it. It's fascinating. But that's, that's why all, CCP is so interesting. That's the right way. That's all the right ways to do it. And uh, and these companies are just like fucking flailing trying to get the f- premium stuff figured out. It's, it's just it's, it annoys dumb. it annoys me because I understand the free to play model. You know, you know, we have yeah. free realms and stuff like that, and Dust Five One Four is going to be like this yeah, when it comes out this summer. That's fine, but they, it should ne- they have to make money somehow. They have to generate funds, and yeah. I understand that these games uh, and and you know, publishers can generate as much money out of the games as they want. It just should never come down to breaking the game. You yeah. know, like what you're doing is you know, in Tales of Graces, even though it's a single player game and it doesn't affect anyone else, is saying like, ah, you're fucking lazy. So why don't you buy fifty levels and then you just jack your character's levels up? It's ridiculous. You know what? You know what? It, what it does break is that there's a leaderboard for the special trials, and if you just if you just buy all your levels, level up your characters, you can climb the leaderboards. Here's where it comes down to so, devil's advocate so role for Greg. Let's do it. Aren't these unlocks and paid and all this jazz just for the casual person who doesn't it doesn't get invested in this? The battlefield ones are for if you suck, and I, I would I would venture to say if you're bad enough to where you're like, oh yeah, I want to do this because I don't get my ass kicked. You're still gonna get your ass kicked. I could with all the unlocks in the world in Call of Duty, I couldn't beat Bobby. You know what I mean? And then Tales of Graces, I guess yeah. I mean leaderboards are tacked onto a, it, it is single player RPG, right? Yes leaderboards tacked on there i mean who the hell really checks or cares so why does it matter if i it's like right now in reckoning right like if i or even skyrim is a good example right when i was playing skyrim i was playing skyrim and enjoying myself fine but i i wasn't invested in the story or the tale or anything so when all these bugs would crop up where it's like oh if you crouch behind this guy and hit him once every five seconds then you can get your sneaks i sat there for an hour and a half listening to podcasts hitting this guy and getting my stealth skill way up like you know what i mean like it's because I knew I wasn't going to finish the game, which I didn't. I knew I was playing an only a. I played 25 hours of that game. I knew I was only there for a little bit of time, and I wanted to be as awesome as I could. And I even tried to do the one where I could get him up to all, everything up to 99, that Destin trick where you put money in a freaking box or something. I don't even remember. And I just got bored doing it, so I stopped. Here's here's the thing, Greg. Yeah. All right. If you're not if you're not caught if you're not disrupting anyone else's game, if you're not actually like hacking into the shit, if you're if it, all the stuff that Colin is and I are describing here, it's technically you are playing by the rules. Like they the publisher created this content, you purchase it legally, it's yours. So I get all that. It's technically there's technically nothing wrong with it. What I think is frustrating Colin and I is that it's severely uh, kind of downgrading the time and effort that traditional gamers put into games to like sort of get that natural reward out of it. Like I put invest, I put time and yeah. energy into something and I get something back. But then then there's some you know some rich kid, a spoiled <laughs> rich kid type comes along and they're like, no father, I don't want to level up my characters. I'm going to pay for it. It's just, just, it's just, it's just, it takes the it's, fun out of it. I think it's, it's a like, silly thing that doesn't matter. Like I, I think no, I, I, in Batman, I paid for the double XP, right? But the people who were better at first-person shooters than me were still leveling faster than me. It was just are, a crutch for me to see more stuff and get more things. I just, I think it's, I just think it's, I think it's stupid in that it's, it's bad. It's a bad trend. And also, it's it's the sort of thing where remember, I don't know, when I was a kid and I, I got that fucking game genie. Remember yeah. that where you plug your game oh, yeah. into it and you put in the yeah. codes. So I would do I would like be playing a game, I'd be really having a good time. And I remember without 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 fail, the moment you start using Game Genie, like your fun like kind of peaks, like you're just like, oh my god, this is so I awesome. Have a rocket launcher. And then it fucking drops. Like it drops because you've you've you kind of have everything. There's nothing left yeah, to do. Totally. And so it's it's similar to that. Like you you yeah, you might get that like initial burst of fun, but that arc is gonna go right fucking down. And see, that's the whole thing I think and that's my argument for using it. I think the whole point is that traditional gamers won't use it. 
and then people who maybe never would have played Battlefield multiplayer will now play it for a little bit, chip in their five bucks, and then be like, oh, cool, I'm, oh, I'm done. And I think that they're getting five bucks out of it and, and another online player without sacrificing too much. I would just like to see... I, I like premium. I like the idea of premium content. I would just like to see uh, publishers do it a little more smartly, so mm. that it keeps people balanced, but it gives people that want to just spend some money like some cool ways to do it. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And I think there there are plenty of methods to 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 do that. Yeah. I mean, my my whole my whole thing is that if it breaks someone else's experience, and that kind of stuff, double XP does. I mean, like that that does like that, or the stuff with Battlefield Three that does break someone else's experience. Like they worked hard for it even tales of graces like the the leaderboard is 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 sacrosanct to some people like i i know i know what that's like because with mega man 10 like i was crazy about like speed running that game and i'm still on the top 100 leaderboard or whatever for the speed running like i worked really hard for that what if they but what if like in mega man 10 which is a single player game they were like oh we can give you something that makes mega man a little faster and then the leaderboard is the same but like the people that like don't want to play like that are, are suddenly screwed yeah. and like that but that means something to them. like the leaderboard in mega man meant something to me so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm troubled. As, as much as I support publishers making their cash and DLC and stuff that, like, you know, you buy characters, you buy all this and stuff. It doesn't break other people's games, and that's fine. But, like, when it starts – when you start to intermingle and have to force people together that want to pay for perks and don't want to pay for perks, there's a problem. And this is going to come to a, a head, I think, sooner rather than later with people. The war. The war is coming. It's kind of like a Portillo's hot dog. Like, uh -huh, uh -huh. All right? You spend so much time making those hot dogs, yeah. right, in port if you work at Portillo's. Then some dude just opens up another shop and steals all your secrets. And he's like, eh, yeah, I paid for it. That's pretty much exactly That's exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. That's, that's a perfect comparison. <laughs> yeah. uh, number seven. Uh, Naughty Dog has teased two new multiplayer maps for Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception. The Ship Graveyard and the Old Quarter are set to come to the PlayStation Network in April. I doubt it. Mm, okay. Like, I mean, sorry. I love Uncharted multiplayer, but I, I'm ready for something exciting to be announced for that... Uh, DLC stuff. Sim City. I'm ready for Sim City. Sim City, Sim City DLC for Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Sony has revealed April's PlayStation Plus perks, which include a slew of free games. Shank 2, Frogger Returns, which is awesome for trophies, and Shift to Unleash awesome. No, no, it's not. I thought for a second, the way you read it, I thought it was Shank 2 colon Frogger Returns. And I was like, wow. I'll start again. Shank 2, Frogger Returns, and Shift to Unleashed are free. As nice. well as the PS1 Classic, Silent Hill, and a bunch of other minis that you won't play. Pretty much all of Tom Clancy games are also heavily discounted. I guarantee it. Some good deals, yeah. as usual. Uh, number nine, word is Sony is shuttering Zipper Interactive, the studio behind SOCOM Mag and Unit 13. Sony will not confirm this to us, though sources speaking to Kotaku indicate that the studio has gone through massive layoffs mm. that indicate mm. a full studio closure. I guarantee it, sadly. Yeah, sadly. Sad I mean, uh, we have to obviously reach out. We don't know if this is true or false because Sony won't talk to us about it, but two podcast beyond alumni alumnus founders founders of podcast beyond chris roper and jeremy dunham both work at zipper um and if this is true we wish them the very best and we wish them the very best even if it's not no if it's not true and they're just making fat bank up there driving their ferraris up the seattle mountain i don't want to care i don't seattle think anyone mountain. would drive i don't think anyone would drive a ferrari up a mountain Roper would try. Yeah. That's yeah. how I want him to go. I, that's how I want him. <laughs> that's how you want your friend to die. I want him to. I want him to go do what he loves, driving Ferraris up mountains. Colin, look, Colin is doing the Picard face. The, yeah, the, <laughs> Seat, the Seattle Mountain. Uh, number ten is Square Enix teasing Final Fantasy Tactics two. Well, they're surely teasing something. A teaser site dangling secret title twenty twelve summer shows a video with what looks like tactics style art and especially tactics style music. However, whether this is Tactics, another Final Fantasy title, or something else entirely remains to be seen. We'll know when the game is officially revealed the evening of March 30th. Mm. That's coming up. I yep. guarantee it. That's real soon. Very exciting. We'll know soon. 
if it's Final Fantasy Tactics 2, I'm going to run down the street fucking screaming at the top of my lungs. I'll be so excited. It's like yeah, when Mega Man 9 happen. was announced. Is it, So you'll finally be uh, back in the game with Square Enix then, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah? This is so obvious. They should be on Final Fantasy Tactics 7 by now. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. And obviously there were two tactics games released on GBA and DS respectively, but they're not real tactics games. Mm, some people would disagree. They're not as hardcore. They're not as Middle English, mm. and they're not as Knights-centric. It's very... They're good games, and they're hard, but they're, it's got like a childish gloss over it that Final Fantasy Tactics did not have. Number 11. Atlas has deeply cut its PlayStation portable catalog on PlayStation Network due to the release of PlayStation Vita. Class of Heroes, Crimson Gem Saga, Hexes Forest, Kenko Bancho, Badass Rumble, Knights in the Nightmare, Persona, Persona 2, Innocent Sin, Persona 3 Portable, Riviera, The Promised Land, and Yggdra Union, Will Never Fight Alone, are the games available at deep discounts. And they are deeply yeah. discounted. Yeah, so on take two then... Hmm. Atlas has deeply cut its prices for its PlayStation catalog. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Those games are still available. Yeah, they're they're available. cheaper than ever. <laughs> you should go buy them. <laughs> yes. I guarantee it. This is, a, this is a good Roper report. These are all... There was only one I doubted, if I remember correctly. Well, keep them keep them standing by. All right. <laughs> Number 12, Rocket Birds Hard Boiled Chicken. I doubt it! <laughs> the, the PSN exclusive from last year is officially coming to PlayStation Vita. It appears to be a straight port of the PSN game and not a new title. Now, not to spoil the end of the game, but too bad. There, it does... It does tease a new game at the end of uh, Rocket Birds, uh, so it's kind of disappointing that it's not a new game. What did you game. give Ro- Rocket Birds? Again? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Seven point five. And the final so. number thirteen. Konami has confirmed to IGN that Silent Hill: Book of Memories for PlayStation Vita has been delayed. The game was supposed to come out this past Tuesday, but the day came and went, and no word from Konami. <laughs> <laughs> Konami tells us that quote the ship date for Silent Hill: Book of Memories has been moved, and that they should have a confirmed ship date soon. End quote. <laughs> I guarantee you. That's game such is, a great story. I've never heard anything good about the that game. The day came and went. <laughs> no, no game. I was, like, I was looking at this release schedule. I'm like, where the fuck is this Silent Hill game? I was supposed to go out. Konami's like, ah. I like emailed them and like the next day. They're like, oh, it's not coming out. I'm like, it was supposed to come out yesterday. So it would have been, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for getting back to me, though. I appreciate it. That's it. All right. Except for Topic of the Week, which we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, Rocket Birds, you gave a 7.5. It's a digital download. But if I wanted to go to the old Grop and Mop shop and I said, hey, Grop, Grop and, and Mop. Mop, how you doing? And there's a Grop. <laughs> <laughs> what games what? could I buy in that brick and mortar store? You go to the official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editor. I like how the question doesn't even lead to the title anymore. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what, what games can I find in that store? The official IGN list. <laughs> what? Well, you got to ask the question. I know. It. I'm the one screwing it up. Is that what you want to hear? Yeah. It's nice to hear that for once. Am I right? Well, usually it's your fault, so. That's true. Uh, the only, All right. So this is an interesting week. There's nothing on Vita, nothing on PSP. <sighs> Tiger Woods PGA Tour 13 came out this week. Now, that appeared to be the only game, but there's some, there's some movement about... The game stops. There's some the, shenanigans in the, the game stops. Software etc. and the and software the software etc. Uh, Devil May Cry HD Collection was supposed to come out next week, but apparently is out right now, and it's oh on ga- it's, and it's on GameStop's site as being available right now. My God. And Ridge Racer Unbound, which was delayed and then undelayed, <laughs> is also apparently out. And I played that in what Germany last on? year, what and is it was okay. going on with this. Oh, I didn't play it. I saw it, and it looked actually kind of cool. You like build your own tracks and do all that. It's shit. back to before the internet existed, pretty much. It's a wild west out there. Remember when you get your you get your Game Pro, and it would say, "Oh, it'll be out in the summer." So, like starting in June, you would call Toys R Us every day until August. And yeah, then they would never come. And this brings me to an interesting point, Greg. Yeah, as I'm tapping you with the as I, I'm holding your hand right now. Oh, that's nice. Is that's nice. is that uh, Gamma Sutra has an interesting? First of all, it's a really interesting site, and people should read that site. It's, it's that was Gamma Sutra. It's Gamma Sutra to me. It's just like. Mario. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. And Mario. Yeah. 
Uh, just like those. Just like those things. They're all wrong. They have a really interesting story, a fascinating story, in fact, about Mario, the original Super Mario Brothers on NES. And that no one really has any idea when it came out. And it's interesting because it, it wasn't technically a launch title. So the NES came out. It was you know launched in 1985 in select locations in New York City and stuff like that. It kind of spread out in 1986. But no one really has any idea the specific release date that the game came out. And someone at Gamma Sutra went and tried to figure this out. And it's a really interesting story, and I suggest you go read it. And the end of the, the story is that he never figures it out. Because <laughs> fucking no one knows. Spoilers. It's fascinating. It's the best-selling game of all time. So it's just something to consider that we have actually no idea when it came out. Take, take it's kind of like what happened to Amelia Earhart. Right it is. There. She, she was flying the plane, and she crashed. She's trying, she's trying to get the mom and grop store. She was trying to figure out if she she was see she was supposed to be paying attention to the instruments on her dashboard. Well, now, now you're now you're now you're just guessing. You don't know what. No, happened well, I, I, this is what I've heard. And and she was like, should I buy the 3ds or the Vita? <laughs> and she's kind of trying to figure this shit out. And then she crash lands in the Atlantic Ocean, and no one has any idea what happened to her. And what what's weird is that this happened in like the 1920s, I think. And she was, time, I was she was time traveling. I was thinking about it. Wouldn't that suck if that like you just had yeah you were it was the 1920s and you kept having visions of the Vita and the 3DS like you for some reason you were just getting inconsequential knowledge to you at the time. What the fuck are you brain. guys talking about right now? Life, metaphysics. All right. Uh, Clements, what's came out on the PlayStation Network? Well, I'm surprised you said no Vita games because we did get a Vita release of Supremacy MMA. That wasn't on the drop. <sighs> yeah, I don't think it, it's. I think know. that might be a late digital game. That, that already came I out. Think, I think it might have said Game Card. No, this is it's a new it's the new Vita one. My code didn't work, so I have no idea if uh, okay. it's good or bad yet. Also, uh, Closure came out this oh, week. Oh yeah, it did. Which Colin can talk about. Awesome game. And uh, PS3 full downloads. Uh, FIFA Soccer 12. And I didn't have really time to look through this. There's another 12 Tales of Graces F add-ons, by the way. Yeah, go ahead and cheat. And, uh, sorry. You got guys. the mini on there? There was a good mini description this week. Was there? The whole let, me, description? let me just get it. Let me get it queued up. Let me just, let me just get it done. No, that's only, it just says, oh, there's no description here. Oh, okay. It just says Idiot Squad. Yeah, the description was for that one. Was I'll, I'll dig around. Maybe I can come up with it off. Dig around, dig around, dig around, off dig around. Uh, Colin, mm. before we jump to toe, 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 mm. tell me about Closure. Closure came out. You liked it. Yeah, Closure's a great game. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, oh, okay. Everyone. Because I'm not, you know, I like puzzle everyone? games. Everyone. Everybody should play Closure. Even your grandma and your grandpa. Your, your, grom, your, your, your mom and your grandma. Your, your infant brother. <laughs> you know, your, your brother smoking pot in his college dorm room. Yeah. Uh... The, okay, the tell me about the game. drunk at the bar by himself. All everyone should play closure. Uh, it's a black and white puzzler, and you and, and, and it's about manipulating light. Um, and it's really fascinating. So the entire stage exists, but you only see what light is shining on, and what light is shining on is actually your reality. So like whatever else is in the stage doesn't matter if you can't see it. So it's about manipulating light to make platforms and remove platforms and do all these things and move keys around and it's like a really, really, really fascinating game made by a team of three guys. Um, took them a few years to make it because they made it for a browser and then they ported it to PlayStation Network, so it's the only console you can play it on. It's a total remake of the game, so if you play it on Newgrounds or whatever, it's actually totally different. Wait a second. Mm. Our good fr friend Yair Donan from mm. Israel writes in. He says, how different is the PSN version of Closure as opposed to the Flash counterpart? Is it the same game? If so, it seems a bit odd to charge the PSN something you can get for free on your PC. It is. Uh, so I only played the Flash game for a few minutes because it is blatantly obvious from the second you start playing it that it is a completely different game. The character designs, are, I mean, it's the same premise, but the character designs are different. Obviously, the controls are different. It it was made for a controller, not a key keyboard. Uh, and uh, it's That's racist. Yes, it is. Uh, I just It's just one of those games. What really distresses me, and I had to point this out in the review, and I did, mm. was 
that it's black and white, so people are initially going to be like, oh, Limbo. It's just like Limbo. It's a ripoff of Limbo. Well, this game was out on Newgrounds a year and a half before Limbo ever came out, and you have to assume that it was in development for a year or two before that. So actually, Limbo might have copied Closure. Just a little food for thought. Or maybe nobody copied it. No, I know. But it sucks that, like, you know, with Escape Plan, for instance, which was an excellent game on Vita, everyone's like, oh, it's black and white. It must have been inspired by Limbo. Like, you can't do that anymore. You can't. Just like because there's a side-scrolling game called Super Mario Brothers, you can't make any more of those because it's just like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So I want people to put those things into perspective. Yeah. A little perspective never hurt anybody. But Closure's 15 bucks. I think it's 12 bucks for PlayStation Plus users. Excellent game. I highly recommend you go play it. Cool. I remember there were a lot of moments where you were angry at it while playing, but not actually angry. You were more just like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Oh. Yeah, it's a rewarding game. Like, I, that's the first thing I wrote about was that, like, there are expletives flying out of my mouth all the time. But, like, it's not one of those games where I'm like, fuck, and I just, like, put the controller down and I don't want to play anymore. It's like, I just want to keep going. Like, I want to see more. The game's super ambient and eerie. The music's really good. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a cult PSN hit, just like Shatter. That was a dangerous one. I almost couldn't come up with it. The mini in question is Idiot Squad. Yes. And uh, it came out this week. Correct. Yes. And I was trying desperately to find a description of it because it wasn't in the update. And I remember I looked at it off the PSN. It looks like I had it. And here it is. Hold on. I'm digging through. It's loading up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I didn't know I needed a mini script. Oh, shit. I need a PlayStation. What's a PlayStation Mini? All right, here we go. Maybe. Hopefully this is the same script. If it's not this, we're, we're moving on. I understand. I understand. No, it doesn't look like All it. All right, move on. Next. Hold on a second, guys. Before we go any further, we should probably put in the tester interviews that we recorded earlier today. Now, I know both of you are completely silent because maybe you're not even there right now, but uh, I think we might forget if we don't record this message right now. So I am going to now play two back-to-back tester interviews, the most recent competitors to be kicked off the tester TV program. So let's go take a listen right now. And by the way, Listen for the second one, because it is particularly good. Okay, let's go listen to him right now. <clears throat> As I live and breathe, the latest loser of the tester, <laughs> Siskaiden. How are you, Siskaiden? Uh, I am standing up. How are you? Standing up. I'm sitting down, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I guess I can't. That's super, that's super awesome, man. Siskaiden, you were the story of the tester season three. Are you as big a bitch as they portrayed you to be on that show? <laughs> like, everyone um, hated you. I thought were, we were going to come back the one next week and you'd be dead. <laughs> Christy Fry would have buried you in the backyard. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Yeah. Well, no, was it an accurate portrayal, you think? I mean, like, why did people get so bent out of shape about everything you did? You know, um, I think it was a cultural thing. I think they they just didn't get the, the fact that I was from another place and, you know, that I have a different type of attitude. I, I you know, I guess, I guess it was just a cultural misunderstanding, but um, no biggie, no hard feelings. So now, yeah, are you Thanks fine with them now? Are you fine with everybody? I mean, you've obviously run into people since then. You, you, there was the throwback show last week. Have you, is it, uh, is it all water under the bridge now? Uh, for me, yeah. I don't know about them, man. I, I have a lot to think about, so, so I, I am really glad it's finally over. <laughs> You're really glad it's finally over. <laughs> yeah, Glowing yeah. words. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I cannot really deal with the pressure of, I don't know. I, I, I'm the kind of person that if you have 
something say to me, you come and say it to my face, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there were some people abusing the power of the internet. And, and they were just, um, you know, saying a lot of shit and videos and, and posting on Twitter. Yo, bitch, come tell, me, come tell me what you have to say on my face. Oh, That's so you it. mean the fans. The fans were being jerks. <laughs> now, we're used to that. Like, Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> come read the yeah, comments. You know, the thing is that, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think they were uh, completely sincere, and I think they were somebody somehow scared about me because they never told me the things to, you know, on my face. But, um, you know, it's cool. If they have time to do that, that's okay. I have a lot of work and, yeah. and, and a life and that stuff. Yeah, don't sweat it. Everyone on the internet, including myself, is a complete coward, so <laughs> just spout it off in the mouth and walk away. Uh, what did you do in real life? I am, oh, I am many things. Um, I mainly am musical theater actress. Okay. I work, I work Broadway, and, um, but at the moment, I am a special education teacher in Mexico. Wow. I see how those two careers parlay into each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's important work. Yes, definitely. No, you know, you know what's the funny thing? I, I studied to be, uh, a preschool teacher. I love children, and I'm really good with them. And I've been working with them since I was 16. And um, it was an advantage that I spoke English back in my country, so that gave me a lot of credibility. Uh, with the bilingual schools over there, I got a great job, and I started working with kids. Then I certified myself to work with kids with special needs. Nice. Because I'm, you know, I feel I want to do something for the world in a good way. I don't know. I, know, I, I hear you. I hear you. I well, believe it was President Bush that said, though, schools for fools. So Colin <laughs> wants to ask you a bunch of PlayStation questions. Colin Moriarty, go get her. Okay. I'm just kind of curious. Since since you were working at, you know, you were you, to be on the tester was about, you know, working at Santa Monica or whatever. I'm kind of curious what your favorite uh, or preferred Sony first party studio is. What's my favorite? What your your, your, fa- <laughs> your favorite your favorite Sony owned studio? Which would it, which would it be? Okay, you're asking me what's my favorite <laughs> studio? Like where do you find these people? The people uh, who make games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who? Like you know? Do you Can love Naughty Dog? Do you love Polyphony? No, wait, do you wait, love? Wait. Hold on, hold on. She's talking. Okay. Ghost no, is wait, good. Wait. No, no, wait. Give me one second because I don't want to go out there talking shit and then now oh, people laughing. Okay. You want me to tell you who is the people that make the games I like the most? Yes. I can tell you a publisher that has published uh, three games that I really enjoyed. However, a studio itself, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, my, my personal opinion about it. I just know about, I mean, Santa Monica Studios have made what, uh, three games? They made a few uh, games well, here and there. Yeah, they, they made one. They, they made a few. Now, they made a few. Now, tell me, tell me. And I, I'm talking about the ones you know about. Um, yeah. But, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity. It was a great place to start. I'm a, I do graphic designing, and I'm great at drawing, illustration. What, what's your trophy uh, level? My trophy level? Yeah. Does that really mean something to you? Oh, uh, yeah, me and Colin, it really does. We are tro- we're confirmed trophy whores. I'm racing to 20 right now, but I've hit a slow patch because reckoning's so good. Google it. Google it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Siskayan, like thank you for your time on the tester, and you were uh, you were one of the b- bigger personalities this week. Uh, thank you for calling us from something orbiting the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. You take care, okay? And that's right.
Ryan Clements, you don't want it, but you're getting a double dose of the tester. I'm Another loser <laughs> here to talk about his experience on the tester season three. It's Sky Diddy. Sky Diddy, how are you? What up? What it is and what it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Sky Diddy, you and I have a special relationship because you were the one I voted off. You were the one I was like, get the hell out of here with your glasses. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it wasn't just me. I was one third of the vote, so you have to go after Brent and Adriana or Adriana as well too. Uh, how are you, Sky Diddy? Uh, uh, how are you recovering? Have you gotten more serious now? Are you a Nobel laureate? <laughs> oh yeah, man. I've been getting serious, man. Since the, I don't want challenge, man. I've been getting serious. Oh, but I've been good, man. Still doing my thing. Still playing mad video games and cutting mad hair. You know. I know, I know, I, I, I feel you, Scott Diddy. God damn, I love you. That was the problem. I wish I got to watch the whole season up until my, the episode I came on, because then I would have never voted against you. Get that reality yeah, pales man. punk off there. I was thinking in my head, like, oh, he didn't want to know what I went through, what I had to go through as a champion. Only a champion in the nether world, where I just fought South Con in Mortal Kombat and came back you know, to win all those wild challenges. And then get pulled off with a wild trivia. Then I had to, that nothing to do with PlayStation. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sky Diddy, any regrets? <laughs> <laughs> Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, looking back, did you do you wish you had done anything differently? Yes, man. I wish I, I wish I would have got set up with the brothers because I did all the PlayStation questions. You know what I mean? When that category was over. I had to go ahead and guess to put someone on the map in Africa, is a continent, and a country. I had to look that up. But that's beside the point. <laughs> but at least, it, it, you know, then Africa became your catchphrase, though, and it's picked up on Twitter as a <laughs> yeah, hashtag, yeah, and you do right. it. Uh, yes, that is true. That so, is now, true. so now you've lost. You've been voted off. You're out of the house. What are you up to nowadays? <laughs> I lost. I'm out of the house. <laughs> Sky did anytime you want to move to San Francisco and be the fourth member of Podcast Beyond, we would love to have you. Let's do it. So what do you do? Sky Diddy, what do you do in your day-to-day life? Uh, if I'm not cutting hair, man, I'm in the dungeon, man. Playing mad video games and also man like a little uh, 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 another profile for the fans, man. Try to get on the fans and play wild games with them. And any game that I don't got that they got, I go out and buy it. So I can play it with them. That's nice. You're serious business. Yeah, that is serious business. Uh, I'm going to turn you over now to Colin Moriarty. He's going to give you the uh, Podcast Beyond PlayStation quiz. All right. All right, so so Sky Diddy, I'm curious. You know, some of the other tester losers, they had no idea really about PlayStation first parties, which is funny because they were actually on the tester to become part of the PlayStation first party family. Uh, so I, I was kind of curious. It seems like a question you know the answer to. Uh, what is your favorite Sony owned studio? My favorite Sony owned to be uh, Insomniac Games, man. Mm. Uh, That's a wrong answer. That's a wrong answer. Insomniac isn't owned by Sony. Oh, <laughs> so close, Sky Diddy. This is why you lost. This is why I voted you out. No, you said it. You and James Stevenson and Marcus Smith just sailing off in your canoe. Get out of here. <laughs> why are they in a canoe? I don't know. They I'll can't afford a real boat. Sky Diddy, I'll tell you this, though, that Resistance is my favorite Sony franchise. From Insomniac's the second party. What? I know. You know what? I like Naughty Dog. Okay, I like Naughty Dog. But I I, I choose Insomniac over there. I I wish that was first party, but it ain't. 
But I had to throw that out there, man. Yeah, I know what first party is, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knew. He was just putting it out there. <laughs> he knew all about it. Sky Diddy, what's your trophy level right now? My trophy level is uh, 14, brother. All right, that's respectable. Mm, respectable, uh, yeah. especially since he splits up his time with all the wild gaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. Well, Sky Diddy, it's a pleasure. Like I said, you have a standing invitation anytime you're in San Francisco to come to the table and be part of Podcast Beyond. Awesome. Sky Diddy, good night, sweet prince. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sky Diddy. You have a good fucking day. Thank you, brother. Beyond. 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 Peace. Next week, topic of the week. Uh, everybody, you've been enjoying your PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Vita, your PlayStation whatever. Now it's time to throw all these PlayStations out the window and get on board with Orbis. Orbis, Orbis. One! Orbis. Orbis. PlayStation Orbis. Uh, Welcome I went, to the Orbis revolution. I went off the reservations, they say, the other day. Yeah. And went to a boot camp, IGN boot camp. So I was locked in a, in, a, in an orb myself. <laughs> not totally caught up the story. You passed me the thing. You you guys broke the story. You Ryan Clements, Colin Moriarty, yes. you did brilliant work yesterday. Both breaking a news story. Thank you. Going the extra mile to get comments. Doing a video at Damon for a PlayStation conversation. Well, a lot of, you a guys lot of tell me about Colin, it. For sure. Well, Clements wrote the story. And I'll say... That uh, first of all, the source is Kotaku, yes. and uh, so we don't know if it's true well, or not. But exactly. Kotaku's reliable; They're, that's a reliable site, and um, they've been right about other things before. So, talk to people who have no idea what we're talking about. What, okay. What's happening? So here's Ryan Clements' story. Yeah, about Orbis. Uh, I only actually copied half of it, so I'll have to I'll have to preface it. Okay. Kotaku has a leak from a source, an unnamed source. Obviously, we know about unnamed sources. We have them ourselves, and you have to protect them and all that stuff. And Marcus Smith. I mean, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know Marcus Smith's name. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he's the source on. <laughs> and Kotaku has this report about PlayStation Orbis. Now, it's not. It's PlayStation 4. Orbis is the code name. Um, just like, you know, Dolphin was the code name for, you know, GameCube. So don't read too much into it. Katana. Katana. Yes. So Kotaku has a source, the, and they're talking a bit about PlayStation 4. Um, so that kind of prefaces the source. And this is what Kotaku This is what Ryan Clement said. Kotaku notes that the predicted specs of the Orbis currently include an AMD X64 CPU and AMD Southern Islands GPU. The source told Kotaku that, quote, select developers, end quote, have already received dev kits at the beginning of the year and revised kits arrived around the time of the GDC conference earlier this month. Furthermore, according to Kotaku's source, Orbis will not feature backwards compatibility with PlayStation 3 games and will incorporate some of sort of used games restriction. Apparently, once a consumer inserts a Blu-ray disc into Orbis, it must be tied to a PSN account and can no longer be shared. The data can be installed onto the system and flagged as, quote, downloadable, or I'm sorry, downloaded from the PSN so it can be re-downloaded for future use. Sources are unclear as to how the disc functions following this, though one possibility is that the disc can allow consumers to access trial content before purchasing the full game on their console. Uh, IGN contacted Sony for comment on these rumors. The official response, uh, quote, we don't comment on rumor and speculation. That, by the way, that's what Sony always says to us when they about want to talk to us. Yeah, if any other details emerge, we will update this article. So that's everything we know about Orbis. Yeah. PlayStation Orbis. Orbis. That's and exciting. It is. Whether it's true or not, of course, as we comments and I said in our video, our PlayStation conversation, we don't know. But I assume that it there's uh, elements of truth, if not completely true. Uh, Lots to talk yeah. about about this Orbis thing. Indeed. Well, I mean, we, have, we know these rumors, they seem interesting. They seem legit. Of course, this bent lots of the PlayStation Nation. Out of, out of shape. They got the panties in a bunch. Sweet. One of them was Paul. Okay. 
I know this is an overreaction, but here are my thoughts. Number one, non-backwards compatible mean I am not leveraging my investment with possibly anything I am buying via the PSN currently. Two, in Sony's I cannot market for crap way, if they, ha- if they made a backwards compatible, they would move more units. People would trade in their PS3s and buy PS4s at launch because they could leverage their existing game collection on the device as opposed to only getting a couple of launch titles and waiting for more to come out. I am just frustrated over the lack of marketing for the Vita. It's like the company does not get it. Apologize for the cursing in the subject line. Beyond. Beyond. All right, so I I think – I'll say this, Greg. Fair message. Fair concern. It is a fair message, but I think he's confusing one thing in particular. I I assume, and this might be wrong, that PSN – this is an assumption again. Uh, exactly. PSN will, be hitting, ubi- PSN will be ubiquitous by the time PlayStation 4 comes out. And everything you downloaded on PSN will probably be playable via your account on PlayStation 4. I would I would agree with that too. That If that doesn't happen, that is the biggest bonehead move possible. Yeah. You can't map the buttons over to the, the new DualShock 4. It'll probably 4. be the same controller. Exactly. And, exactly. And the, the, right, Jim Riley? And I, I, I hope it is. I mean, it's, I that's, like their, that's their trademark. And yeah. they should just keep doing I it. I kind of hope that they change the. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of of the mindset nowadays where the, the, the R2 and L2 could use a little bit of a curve. I don't. I, I've never been a fan of them going uh, curving back down. and down. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, I want them to be like triggers too, or just like have the old R2s. I tried to defend them for a while, but yeah, eh, it's you it's, only fight, it's, fight it's, to fight. But the mold, the, the mold of the controller, I bet will be the I same. I love, I love the everything about the controller. I think is almost perfect except those triggers yeah i agree but i so i I think that what we're talking about specifically if this use game lock is true is and the backwards compatibility thing is true is that they're basically saying ps3 retail games and ps2 and ps1 games will probably not be playable that makes sense to me by the way really Uh, yeah and it's something i'll I'll probably write about in an editorial at some point maybe today you you won't have time you'll never get to it uh that it makes sense because it seems doesn't it seem like sony kind of realized like halfway through ps3's life that why is the P- why are we backwards compatible when we can just sell these games again? You know, and it's like a it's like very consumer or anti consumer almost like corporatist thing for them to do. But from their perspective, it makes sense. Why have this PS4 that can play PS3 games when we can just sell you PS3 games on your PS4? You know? Rick writes in, he says, I was reading your comments on the Orbis detail video, and I noticed some people are really upset about the lack of backwards compatibility on the system. I remember when I got my N64 for. Sinkerloss, a Dutch holiday in 1997. I wasn't upset that it couldn't play SNES games. I still have that had that system and the games. I could hook it up anytime I wanted to play. So my question is, why do people care so much about backwards? Yeah, that's great. I mean that's that's my mindset too. It's one of those things mm-hmm. I think that people got used to having it, and so it's one of those things where I think for a long time we thought that was a step forward. And uh, I think it's, if you figure if it's backwards compatible with the PS3 at launch, right? You walk in and you trade in your PS3 and you get 50 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever they're giving out at the time for it, right? That, I think, is where the general consensus would come from. People, uh, It would be nice, I guess, if, you know, I still pop in Infamous every so often. It would be nice if I Orbis comes out and I go in and trade in my PS3 and I have my saves in the cloud and I download them and then I can play Infamous whenever I want kind of thing. I get that. I don't think it's as big a deal because, like I said, I have a PS2 backwards compatible PS3, and I never use the PS2 function. I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand why people are upset about it, but it's, I don't think it's a big deal. And like, like he said, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of funny because Sony set this precedent. PS2 was the first backwards compatible console, so yeah, exactly. Uh, right. So they kind of made their bed. Uh, you know, you couldn't play Saturn games in a Dreamcast or anything like that. So this is, not, and obviously, your cartridges wouldn't fit in your cartridge based consoles. And Adrian writes in yeah. from Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, and he says. He's basically with us in this one. If this is true, I personally think that Sony decided that they wouldn't waste any resources on an idea that wasn't too successful with the PS3. In addition, it will allow them to get more money from the consumer in the form of PS3 classics, just like we have in the PSN now. Exactly, exactly. And I bet you anything... Well, I think it's a two-pronged attack, as it were, Ryan Clements, because 
uh, at one point you have like they had whatever a motion engine or whatever they had to use for PS2 backwards compatibility that they removed from PS3 and it actually made the console cheaper. So. You know, they would have to have some sort of component that would play PS3 games in the, in this in this PS4 Orbis, and they don't have to put that in there anymore, which is one thing. So it, it inherently should make the console cheaper, but obvi- it's almost so obvious to me why they're not why it's not backwards compatible. It's because they want to make more money on games, you yeah. know, and like that's so obvious. So it, it doesn't make it any easier for people to deal with, of course. But that is probably the reason. PS3 classics. I bet you, when PS4 comes out, there will be hundreds of PS3 games digitally available that they'll be like, you can buy them again, and maybe they're only twenty bucks. You know? What are they going to, and they'll have something special about them, right? Like, whatever the graphic fidelity it is, it'll be up yeah, to yeah, that, yeah. and this will happen, and have the new trophies you tattoo in your arm. It's, uh, that was an interesting segment. You don't think that's in the uh, No, I think that's going to happen. Um, it's funny that you brought up price, Colin, because that's, I, didn't, I wasn't even really thinking about that the other day when we were writing, oh. writing about this, that, Man, if, if they if they really learn from their five hundred ninety nine U S dollars mistake, that's <laughs> um, it's, it's going to be. I mean, it's kind of clutch that uh, you know, that's going to be good if they if they actually put that out there at like a really like respectable appetizing price. We might see uh, the console really take off right from the get go. Yeah, PS four. I mean, I think PS four will probably launch at like four hundred bucks, but I think that it, that's a reasonable price probably for the tech that is rumored to be in it. Yeah. Um and. Then it'll come down as long as it's not yeah like six hundred you know, five hundred ninety nine US dollars yeah. is too expensive for fucking any console. Um, and they're gonna still have to eat it if they're smart. They'll eat it and launch it at three hundred dollars. Now this email I read to you a little bit and I laughed. You heard me laugh out loud as soon as it rolled in today. Uh, this one is from our best friend Yair. Oh, I love this. Yair here from good old U.S. of Israel. <laughs> I love that you guys answer every single one of my emails on Beyond. Your best friend Yair, not Scuba Owl. So I'm sorry, Scuba Owl. I don't mean. And Colin said, "Yeah, I do. I do read too many." Yeah, yeah we get like a million emails, and you do always pick out his his email. And has anybody figured out the formula in listener land beyond at IGN.com? Yair's emails get read because they are topical, they are to the point, and they are good questions. He's a smart kid. When you Yair. write in your your tome of knowledge, that's when I I'm like, well, it's it's 10:15 before the show. I don't have time to read all this. Yes, I love you guys. We talked about it before. Yes, you are awesome. You yes. are awesome, awesome fans. Go buy the shirt. And, <laughs> and I want to point out, too, that we, us three get no money for the shirts. Yes. It's just IG in general. Yeah, the company gets the money. Kind of um, Maybe one day we can argue for bonuses. I so. was also going to say, I think that Yair still gets points for, I don't know, coming to Beyond 200 when oh, sure. he's from fucking Israel. Yeah, well, once we know so. your face, it's real easy to yeah. get your stuff on here. Exactly. Uh, anyways, though. Like Scuba, that Noah Bench, Scu- for instance. <laughs> yeah, well, he worked here forever. That doesn't count. <laughs> Scuba Owl. Uh, so in regards to the news on PS4 restricting used games, if this is true, it's serious going to impact games like Madden. I buy Madden every year hoping it's going to be better, knowing it's probably not, and then ultimately selling it or trading it after a couple months. If I can't do that, if I can't do that, question mark, it better be a 9.5 or better. I understand that. It seems like people have, a lot of people, and you know, it's their prerogative, have, have based their own game economy on, like their, their, their micro economy, as it were, on the fluidity of used games. But what they have to understand, and we've talked about this before, is that it doesn't, we can fight this all we want. It's not going to matter after this generation, after the next generation, because you will be buying everything digitally and there will be no more used games. It'll be interesting if it comes that fast. I hope it does. Like, it, I, it I like Dallin. Here's the interesting thing, though, Greg. Someone brought this up to me. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting point, I think. Is it interesting? It's it, qu- it, it's, it, if it's, it gets spit out, it might be interesting. It's quite interesting. This is an interesting point, and I really think you're going to be interested by it. <laughs> I love Colin. Uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. PlayStation 4 is going to have a, a rumor to have this used game lock, right? 
We, it, it, so presumably it's going to come with like uh, a code like PC yeah. games have had forever, which is another reason why I don't think understand why anyone would be upset about this because PC gamers have been dealing with this forever. Yeah. Uh, but it would have to be online to know that that code is activated or whatever if you're a PlayStation Network. In other words, if you live in a rural area, how is this going to work for you? That's the only thing that throws a wrench in this for me because eventually they're going to have to realize that, you know, Japan is, for instance, very connected. It's a small country. It's It's got fiber optics and everything. But the United States is huge, and most of it doesn't have fiber optics geographically. Most people do. But there are places in Montana and Idaho and the Dakotas and all this stuff where they're not connected. They just still have to use dial-up, and that's just the way it is because there's no economic reason for anyone to bring high speed to them. So how are they going to connect Orbis to the network to let them know that, you know, this is my PlayStation Network account. This is the code. You have to tie them together. Like, it seems like they'd actually be screwed. Buy a new house. They'd actually be screwed in the, in the Well, situation. hold on, though. Every, almost everybody, I, I thought that you could still use, like, a, oh, yeah, if they're using dial-up, though. Is there no adapter for just, like, being able to get a super basic connection so that you can send the code up to the network and then get, like, it, the, it unlocked? I don't know. I mean, I that's something they're going to have to consider. 3G. Yeah. Orbis comes with 3G just so, just so we can get your money off this. That's the same thing. Like, 3G is not covering know, those places either. And I, that's trust just, me. That's, I just an, it, that's their problem. That's their choice then. Yeah. Trust they me. Have yeah, you, you moved to Montana to walk your yak around your yard, all right? <laughs> now Orbis is coming. It's going to rule shop. <laughs> Montana's an awesome state. <laughs> that's your that. problem, not ours. All right. So that's something to consider. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I remember, do you guys remember me, like, when we were growing up and the internet was, you know, emerging and I was, and, and it was like this big kind of competition, like, oh my God, our neighborhood's finally going to get, you know, such and such and it'll be, have better internet and now we can finally do this and that. I Porn. Just, it was amazing. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah, I remember, I remember when my neighborhood, like, my, my, my neighborhood got uh, high speed internet in 1999, and it was like a really huge deal. And my friend Cody, like his family, got on it right away. And so we used to go, like you know, use his internet all the time. Porn. Yeah, oh yeah, just do whatever we wanted. We were in like tenth grade or whatever. It was awesome, and we like I didn't have to go back and use my fucking dial up modem for like two more years. That was the big thing years. I remember like, oh. for me going to college was that they had Ethernet in the dorms and stuff. So I had to buy this special cable, and I had this new laptop, and I was all excited, so excited to get there. And then yeah. just, that's so and it was always connected. It was always you. Yeah. I remember in college, like because of the T one connections, whatever, just leaving AIM on all day, and then yeah. and we would have competitions like with each other to see like who can stay on AIM the longest, and like people would stay on AIM for like weeks and weeks and weeks at a time before like it just got signed. Like what a waste computer. of power. Who <laughs> <laughs> we care? Uh, let's yeah, jump to some I'm pretty sure my school costs like forty thousand dollars a year to go to, so they can they can eat the fucking power that that it costs me to do that. All right, read mail, mail call, mailstrom, uh, beyond at ign.com so for all hungry. your questions, and if you find any of these things, we're almost done. It's been a juggernaut episode. It has been. We're we've been recording for well over an hour. Yeah, good. Well, let's record for two. All right, let's Many do it. Like I might need to take a lunch break. Colin Bren writes in. Mm. He's taken a little bit of all of us to task here. Okay. Mainly you, me, and Anthony Gayers. Okay. It's something I've explained before, but you missed that thing. But we'll go do it. Okay. Beyond. Hey, guys. A week or two ago on GameScoop, IGN's owner Anthony Gallegos said, I can't remember the wording, but I would take a game from the IGN library if I didn't really want to pay $50 for it. Greg agreed. Think about that for a second. He doesn't want to spend $50, but he plays it anyway because he feels entitled to it. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar? Oh, yes. It's what Colin says about pirates. What do you think about this, Colin? Is this in some way different? I want to make clear that I'm completely on Colin's side on pirating games, but this is a major contradiction. The reason I didn't mail this to GameScoop is because I especially want to hear Colin's opinion. Thanks, Brent. Before you switch it off, Brenton, my this I, I believe in this conversation I've said that I said this, but and if I didn't forgive me, I've said we've had this conversation before. What Anthony's saying there is the same problem we all have, and not problem, geez, that sounds horrible, at IGN is that an IGN editor 
is expected by you or anyone I run into or when I'm on the radio doing an IGN appearance to know everything about every game. So Anthony taking a game out of the IGN library isn't the same as him if him saying, let's say Anthony said buying used is bad, renting games is terrible, money should go to developers for every time you play a game, and then he's like, well, I'll go do this. He's doing that because he needs to know for Game of the Year awards and everything else and for a top 20 list what is happening in games, especially if he, you know, let's say he borrowed a shooter that just came out. He's doing that so he knows how other shooters compare to it. It's a different situation for us because this is our job, this is our career. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I was going to say is that it's a little di- – I understand that that might seem like a contradiction, and it may, maybe maybe it will remain a contradiction for you. But I always think about the games that I would never buy that I don't want to play necessarily, but that I really need to for Podcast Beyond and for IGN PlayStation. The Killzone games are a really good example. I don't give a two shits about that series. I beat Killzone 2 and Killzone 3. I didn't buy them, you know, but I can talk about them. I can talk about them authoritatively, and I can tell you why I don't like Killzone. And I think that's actually better for you than for me to say I don't know anything about Killzone because I didn't want to buy exactly, it. Exactly, right? If we, if we didn't – if we only bought in the games we played, Beyond would be a much shorter podcast. Cause we, and, and we would say – even though people give me shit all the time for only talking about Infamous and everything else, we'd, we'd be spinning our wheels a lot on stuff that you know we'd had no business talking about. And it should be noted that the games we do have in the library are legally acquired by our you know colleagues and stuff sure. from publishers and – I mean, it's all, it's not like we're going out and pirating shit and trying to work around the box, you know, work around the, work around the box. Work around the box. Yeah, work around the box. You just got to work around the box. The, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, just consider that it's, it's one of the, it's, I don't even want to say it's a perk of the job because sometimes, uh, it is, but at the same time, it's like we, we do have to be up on everything. So you have to understand that, you know, for us to advance, you know, here's another way to look at it, Greg. Yeah. When we really like a game. We evangelize it, exactly. and that's actually really good for the industry. Yeah, and I always talk about you know think about shatter. Th- yeah, I was gonna say sh- sh- I like I've talked about shatter so much. We've gotten hundreds and hundreds I know. of emails about people that bought the game because because we talk about it a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, and and the same thing with Infamous and the same thing with Resistance Three and stuff. Like we we've pushed games because we love them so much. So there's there's two sides of the coin, you know, where it's like it's actually good for the you know we we okay. So I don't go and buy Resistance Three because you know Sony sends it to us. But we talk about Resistance 3, we have our spoiler cast, and we, we put it out there, and that sells the game, you know? So it's actually good for the industry. I mean, it's, it's a balance. I understand it's not a mathematical, it's not a scientific thing, but there's, there's something to be said about that. There's too. a reason for our madness. We're just a cog in the machine. Let's do a fun question. It's Quick Fire. It's from Cena. I love Quick... Quick Fires, by the way, are my favorite part of Podcast Beyond. Clement's favorite PS exclusive and why? My favorite PlayStation exclusive? Yeah. Jesus. Like, recently? Ever? Guesses enter the gecko. See, when you talk like this, this just derails quickfire. Journey. Now it becomes wire. Journey. Journey. All right, fine. That's a good one. Why? Oh, because it's uh, breathtaking, uh, (laughs) unique, and very meaningful. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Uh, Colin, that's just an instinct reaction. That's good. That's what what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to hear the question and answer right away, not think. Clear clear your mind, Colin. Is it clear? Mm, Yeah, I guess so. Favorite weapon in Resistance series and why? Jesus. Uh, The auger. Which okay. is yeah, your least favorite weapon, I think. Because you could shoot things through it. I think it's actually quite cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I like Greg! The, I like the carbine. Favorite chicken wing flavor. And when can I get them? Oh, yeah. When can I get them? I don't know. If that, you can get them anytime. I, I, <laughs> I'm a fan of just straight buffalo. Just a normal buffalo. Straight buffalo. Straight buffalo. Straight cheese. If I'm at a buffalo wild wings, I'll go spicy garlic. I get crazy sometimes over at Wing Wings. Angry Korean. That's the business. Yeah. I, uh, wing Wings is oh, so good. Got the in fries, though. I can't, you know, by the way, when... I when, go for some bifos in Columbia, Missouri at CJ's Wings as well. When we're all rich one day, I want all of us to go to Buffalo, and we can all hang out at my house, and then go get some... I'd love to go to Buffalo to hang out wings. with you. I would like that. I'd, I'd like, like to go to a Sabres Islanders game as well. We could do that. That'd be fun. Mark Jagels would, writes in. He says, Beyond. Beyond. What is your guys' reaction to the news about Dust514 from the Eve Fan event? 
Sounds Fan cool. Fest. It sounds awesome. It sounds cool. And it was apparently quite impressive. Exactly. That's that's more what it is that the people freaked out when they saw it and whatever. But yeah, first person free to play, first person shooter that ties into Eve Online. Oh my god, I can't wait. Supposed to be dope. And apparently, like the, the the act of seeing the ships in orbit bombarding the planet from Eve as people are playing in Dust Five One Four on their PS3. That's fucking wild, man! I'm so excited about that game. I've, I've, I was telling Colin that he should try Eve and realize that it would probably take over his life. It seems like his game, Eve. It, yeah. It's all politics. It's all economics. It's that's why he should play Wakfu. Spaceships. You play the MMO Wakfu. You can run for office. Yeah. Oh, is that the Square game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was at, like, Comic-Con, wasn't yeah, it? Well, been, no, I mean, everywhere. it's not... They just published it, but the um, developers on Comic-Con, I think they're French, maybe? Oh, sure, or European, not. I think. I do want to try Eve. I mean, Eve sounds fascinating. I mean, just the stories that we've... We, you know, because we've met the guys from CCP, and I know you've... Clements have spent a lot of time with those guys, and... Man, the story, those guys are just fucking serious about games. Yeah. They're, they're, like, the fact that... Uh, like I've said before, the fact that they have an economist on that staff. just works there and studies the economy of a fake game... And well, it's a real game, it. a no, fake a, economy. A fake economy, a real game. <laughs> the game doesn't exist. It's just, it's just absolutely oh, so fascinating. It's such a fascinating. Oh, I don't know. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful. All right, Colin, as yeah. you're so fired up mm. about this here, Dust Five One Four. Ryan has a question directed for you, not our Ryan, a different Ryan. Different Ryan. He writes into beyond.ign.com, just like you can't listen. If Dust Five One Four accomplishes everything it sets out to do, do you think that it will have a major impact on the industry? Yes, I do. I mean, in, I've been in saying. In what way? I think that. I mean, I've been saying for a long time that that dust, you know, and I'm, pr- pr- I'm proud of it because people are starting to finally realize and it was one of those prophetic column things for all the things I say that are wrong. This yeah. was one of the things I think I was absolutely right about was that Dust Five One Four is gonna be big, and whether I or hope not- it is. And like I, we, we've talked about this before, where we like the idea and it sounds really cool. Not sure how people would embrace it, but like to see Journey sell really well, it's like okay, people will if the game is awesome, they will come to it and buy it. Yeah, and, and Dust is free. So it's, it's all about microtransactions and stuff like that. I don't know if it's going to be big in terms of like, oh, like, you know, because I think even MAG was a big game in terms of not the people that played it, but what it tried to do. Yeah. 128 players on a map at one time is fucking the, the real deal, and it still really hasn't been replicated. So, the you know, Dust trying to tie two games on two different platforms together with repercussions for each game is brilliant. And I think that if it works, and it seems like it is working and that they're working really hard on, on making it fluid then that has ramifications for everything going forward because it, w- 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 you know what stops it's like mass effect like the, the the ambition that bioware showed and and tying those games together and the decisions like set a precedent that now everyone will be wild about going forward and try to try to best it or whatever and dust 514 is like the first step in towards trying to do something new and different by tying mm-hmm. two genres on two different platforms together with ramifications for each other and i'm excited to see what happens in five years now that you know if if for, for all we know that dust 514 could be a broken fucking mess when it comes yeah up. i hear you i hear uh final question of the week comes from miles grimble he wrote into beyond at ign.com and said i thoroughly enjoyed mitch dyer on podcast beyond especially since he's a fellow canadian how did mitch get from calgary to ign in san francisco a plane, plane. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond episode 233. <laughs> Someone takes him off with a hook. <laughs> Mitch freelanced a lot. He, he wrote for video games forever. If you want to be in the video game industry, you should be writing right now, whether it be freelance or a blog on my IGN or whatever. Get out there, write, prove you can do it, then start applying. Uh, anyways, podcast over. Don't turn it off, though. Podcast over. Uh, remember that Podcast Beyond is our passion project. We love it, but you should come to IGN.com and read our articles and watch our videos and help us keep Podcast Beyond happening forever and ever. Buy a Podcast Beyond shirt, too. Go.IGN.com slash IGN store. You'd think we got a cut, but we don't. No, you don't. But that's why I want you to go there. Mm-hmm. Where? Oh, but th- this uh, is something I m- meant to mention forever ago. We don't put up pictures in the podcast room anymore, but there is a pillar at my desk where I put up Podcast Beyond fan art. 
if the same rules apply now, if you buy the podcast beyond shirt from go.ign.com slash IGN store, you take a photo of yourself in it. You send it to beyond at IGN.com. We will print it off and put it on the pillar. And then I'm sure it'll show up in videos every so often. Yeah. The likes of Andrew Goldfarb, who now works here. Yes. And Bugs, who made her own shirt and climbed on top of a t- sand dune. <laughs> um, follow us on Twitter. At, at IGN is IGN. Ryan's Palm Cider. Palm Cider. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Ryan. Yes. Take me home. Sounds good, buddy. We end every podcast beyond with a song in tribute of the ancient musical gods. <laughs> uh, so today we will continue that tradition with uh, Mr. Cole Chapman, who sends in this message. Beyond, I come bearing funky jams to get all up, up, up in your ear holes. The three songs I've attached are written and performed by my buddies, Many Man Gypsy Funk Band, Evil Foe Doofit. What? (laughs) Yes, which which is the food of love spelled backwards. There are two groups depending on the coast, but these tracks come from the Boston-based Berkeley College of Music group. Oh, right by Northeastern University. Yeah, if any Beyond fans around Beantown haven't been adequately funkified lately, I can't recommend one of their shows enough. They always tear the roof off the sucker. (laughs) That's, That's literally what he says. You can find and download their songs for free at... I mean, I gotta spell it. Sorry, guys. E V O L F O D O O F E H T dot bandcamp dot com. Ryan, can I say something real quick? Yeah. To interrupt you? Yes. I knew a lot of guys that went to Berkeley School of Music. Mm-hmm. You have to be very, very good to get into that school. Mm-hmm. So I have a good feeling about this. Uh, I, from if if this if evil foe do fit is any uh, you know. Yeah, anyway, I agree with you. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, so I'm going to play, I think this might have been a title track because the, the name of this MP3 that um, Cole sent for his uh, buddy's group is just Evil Foe. Evil Foe Doofit. I think I'm saying it right. He even gave it phonetically to me, and it's still a fucking hard thing to say. But yeah, let's enjoy these funky jams. I was really feeling this. And uh, and uh, before we before, before we, we go, I wanted to point out just for the listeners at home, I'm sure it was a jarring experience. We never did bumps for the tester interviews, so sorry for just shoving those in in the middle of the show with nothing. <laughs> uh oh. No, whatever. It's what we do. That's how we roll our podcast. Beyond. 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 You're gonna play that PlayStation Orbis Punkhead. Punkhead.
what you got to do. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.